Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Checking in about food allergies and introducing allergenic foods. And have you done peanut with your baby yet? Well, intact nuts and thick globs of nut butters like peanut butter are choking hazards for babies, but we want to get that peanut protein into your baby early and often in order to help lower the risk of peanut allergy down the road. My absolute favorite way to introduce peanuts for babies is using the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So When you hear puffs, like you're probably like, oh, those starchy little puff things. Like, no, no, no. Not the little ones that earlier eaters can't pick up. Those kind of crappy puffs from the store that have added sugar and refined grains and lots of salt. Uh uh. The Puffworks baby peanut puffs have no added sugar. They have just a smidge of sodium for preservatives, and they are the perfect size for baby led weaning. They're about the size of your adult pinky finger. So, you can, baby can pick them up, self-feed them, but they're so soft that they dissolve in your baby's mouth so you can introduce these peanut puffs even before your baby has teeth. Puffworks also makes a baby almond puff for the safe introduction of a separate allergenic food category. That's tree nuts. And now, finally, Puffworks put out a combo case. So it's half baby peanut and half baby almond. So if you want to grab one case, then you can knock out two new allergenic foods. We do these on different days, though. These are just the no-stress, low-mess way to get peanut and tree nut out of the way. So you can get 15% off everything at puffworks.com when you use the affiliate discount code BLWPOD. That's a new code. It's BLWPOD. Use that sucker at checkout at puffworks.com and get peanut and tree nut safely out of the way. They have to see it to believe it because even though I did the course and I mean, I saw some of the little videos of the kids eating to actually see Lexi be excited about the food and be trying to eat it. It's just really cool. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby-led weaning. Do we have any baby-led weaning grandparents in the house? Or parents of babies who are doing baby-led weaning who have grandparents helping you with your baby, lucky, and maybe you're trying to introduce them to the idea of baby-led weaning yourself. Well, in today's episode, I want to introduce you to two different grandmas Grandma Terry and Grandma Peggy, who are doing baby led weaning right now with their grandbabies. My hope is that by listening to their stories, you'll glean some ideas or inspiration for how you can get some generational buy-in from the grandparents in your family if they're not quite yet on board with this idea of baby led weaning. I know when I was just starting to figure out baby led weaning and kind of fumbling through new foods with my own quadruplet babies, and this was after we struggled a ton to spoon feed our oldest baby. My mom, who's also a dietitian, she would come over to help me. And she would always kind of like roll her eyes when we were doing baby led weaning. And she thought it was too messy. And she told me about feeding her own six kids while 
I spoon fed all of you guys and you turned out okay. So I know what it feels like not to have a lot of support from grandparents at the beginning, but I'll tell you a few weeks in when the babies really got into self-feeding, it really all started clicking for them. I caught my mom on the phone bragging to her friend about one of the quadruplets, my girl, baby Claire. She said, oh, you should see Claire. She's eating sardines and she's eating beets and she's feeding herself. It's amazing. And I think you guys will see with both of today's grandmother interviews that both Grandma Terry and Grandma Peggy agree that seeing really is believing. And so I would encourage you with regards to getting the grandparents in your house on board is before you even go there, make sure that you as the primary caregiver, that you are comfortable with a few foods that you know your baby can safely eat. Okay, get a couple of foods underneath your belt before you invite the grandparents into the feeding environment. But once you have those few, I call them like party trick foods, like the ones everyone's like, oh, a baby eating sardines, that's amazing. Okay, once you have a few of them, it doesn't have to be sardines, but you get the point. Like any food that you know your baby's comfortable with, when the grandparents see the baby eating it, they see the baby doing it safely, they see that the baby's not gonna choke, and then they realize babies, gosh, they, they can't eat so many more foods than we give them credit for, your BLW skeptic grandparents are going to become converts. And soon they're going to be the ones bragging about your self-feeding baby. So I wanted to say thank you both to Terry Jenk and Peggy McGrath for taking the time to share their stories here. The way I actually met both of these grandmas is I'm kind of a stalker. Anytime a grandma tells me she's at a baby led weaning, I'm like, can I please talk to you? Because so many parents are like, oh, I wish I had that. So I want to like get the secret sauce from them. And I met both of them. They actually separately took my free online workshop called Baby Led Weaning for Beginners. And that workshop is a great place to start if you're just yourself learning about baby led weaning or if you're on board with it, but now you want to help get your caregiver or your baby's grandparents familiarized with this alternative approach to traditional spoon feeding. So again, the free online workshop, it's called Baby Led Weaning for Beginners. It's one hour long. Okay, both of these grandmas, they said they took a lot of notes, which they mentioned that they're referencing as they're going through the foods with their grandbabies. But I also give everyone on that free workshop a copy of my 100 First Foods list. You can sign up for this week's workshop times at babyledweaning.co. Again, that's babyledweaning.co. Sign up for this week's free workshop. Grab your copy of the 100 First Foods list so that you or grandma or whoever's helping you with your baby is never gonna have to wonder or worry about which BLW foods to feed next. So let's get started first with the interview with Grandma Terry. Terry helps watch Hannah. So she's really involved in all of the new foods from the 100 First Foods list that baby Hannah is eating. Here's Terry. It's nice to be here. All right. I have been dying to kind of pick your brain ever since you emailed me about your granddaughter, Hannah, who you help watch and you're doing baby led weaning with. But before we get into that, I was curious, could you take us back to when you were a new mom, how did you introduce solid foods to Hannah's mom? Or I don't know if you have multiple children. My youngest is 41. So it's hard to remember, but I do know I use baby food. You know, and I'm pretty sure you, know, you went from the purees to the chunky, the junior ones. And, you know, I don't remember, you know, at what point we actually had the meat table food. I just don't remember that. Do you have multiple children? I have two. Two. Did you feel like with the second one that you were maybe less, I don't want to call you uptight, but a lot of parents will say, you know, I was just so much, so much more relaxed with the second one because the first one just starts reaching for food and you realize, oh, I might maybe overthinking it. Yeah. Okay. So when we first connected, you told me you're in my self-feeding baby course. You had all these great questions. And 
I was just blown away because you're a grandmother fully committed to baby led weaning. And I'm curious, were you always on board with this idea of baby led weaning for your granddaughter, Hannah? Because I don't know a lot of grandparents who are, but I want to hear your story. So we started feeding her purees, which I made because I'm really hesitant about store-bought baby food. You're always hearing about recalls. So, I, you know, I made her a lot of vegetable purees and stuff. And, you know, and then my daughter somehow heard about the baby led breeding. I don't know if she knew somebody that was doing it. So when she turned six months, we started doing it. And, you know, I mean, she wanted to do it. I didn't see any reason why not. You know, I just I wasn't reluctant to do it at all. I actually think it's a lot of fun. I just would love to go. I go through the supermarket and, and look and say, OK, what what can I get that she hasn't had? I mean, I've actually been introduced to a few things myself. <laughs> What's a food that you ate as a result of baby led weaning because of Hannah? Uh, the squash, the um, the squash. squash. Yes, I never had that before. I don't know if there if there was anything else. Some of the whole grains are a little out there. Parents are like, I didn't know what this one was. It's like I know, but there's lots of other ways to get babies carbohydrates besides pasta, rice, and potatoes. Right. Okay, if you're in the grocery store and you're reading labels, like what are you looking for for a food that you're going to serve to Hannah? Well, for the most part we've been giving her just fresh stuff. You know what I mean? So there yeah. wasn't, hasn't been a lot of labels. I'm starting to now, like I, I was at Trader Joe's yesterday and I saw something that looked, you know, interesting. So I just checked the labels. I'm looking for something that doesn't have salt and sugar and, you know, a lot of chemicals in it. Yeah. And it's, I'm not saying it's hard. It's a little bit of work up front, but once you find that one brand of whatever it is that you're looking for, canned X, Y, or Z, you can just go back to it. And then, you know, you don't have to do that level of work every time. Do you take Hannah to the grocery store with you? No, I don't. You, you go by yourself. Okay. I know you watch Hannah during the week. So you feed her during the day and her parents feed her dinner at night. And you mentioned that you're involved in food prep. And so you're making food and that you freeze extras for Hannah's parents to use, which first, I just wanted to praise you for a minute because this is an amazing gift that you are giving your whole family. But do you have any food prep tips for baby led weaning that you've learned along the way with prepping food and freezing it for Hannah that works well or doesn't work well that you could share? I mean, they have, they sell all these gadgets. Like at first, my daughter bought this contraption and, you know, it was like hundred and something dollars. I said, I had her take it back to the store. All you need is a steamer or a microwave and, you know, a, a blender or a, I use my, my Cuisinart food processor. Well, that was when I was making the purees. Now I just usually steam stuff and, you know, I freeze it or if I make little um, meatloaves, I like, she'd like your recipe, the meatloaf with the mushrooms in it, make it in like a little, you know, make 24 at a time in a, a little uh, tin, the muffin, little mini muffin and, and just freeze them, you know. I think they're great. I know. And because nobody feels like cooking from scratch every single day. And then it's so nice. I assume your daughter works, so she's doesn't have a ton of time to do the food prep either, right? Right. And now she's getting to the point where, you know, she can eat some of the stuff that we eat too. We don't have to maybe, you know, if they're having something she can eat, they just pass her a piece of pizza or something. <laughs> you said she's 11 months now. Is that correct? Yes. That's amazing. Any plans for her first birthday? Well, they're going to have a party, but my, I don't think my daughter's made plans yet. We're having company coming in from out of town. It's, you know, okay. She's the youngest in the family because all the cousins and things have already had their kids, you know. So like I said, my daughter was, well, she was 35 when she got married, but she had trouble getting pregnant. So she was oh, 41 when she had Hannah. That's amazing. Is your daughter been enjoying the baby led weaning experience yeah. too? Yes. Yeah. I just love to watch her eat. How about dad? What's his opinion about baby led weaning? He's easy going. He goes along with anything. <laughs> That's a good type of person to marry. <laughs> okay. When you go out and about with Hannah, any remarks do other people 
see her eating like at a restaurant or if you're at the park, maybe friends who've never seen an infant feed themselves? Yeah, like Kathy had her at a party over the weekend and she basically ate the same food that the people at the party were eating. And, you know, she she fed herself. They were very impressed. <laughs> I know it is. It's nice how it kind of just melds into regular life. I've been at parties where parents make such a big deal about what the baby's eating. And I'm like, it's like a full on production, but it doesn't need to be. There's, I can find you 10 things at this party right now that that seven month old could eat. And I think a lot of times we sometimes put too much stress on buying special fancy stuff to make something that you could simply just eat the regular version of. You mentioned the baby food cooker and I get approached by those companies all the time. I'm like, it's completely unnecessary. If you have a pan and you have water in a lid, you could do the same thing than you can with this expensive contraption. So I know there's lots of parents listening who are probably wondering like, man, how do I get some Grandma Terry vibes in my life? Because not every family is lucky enough to have a grandparent who's on board with the idea of baby led weaning. So do you have any tips for parents who are talking to their parents or their in-laws that they might be resistant to this idea of baby led weaning? I don't know, really. I mean, I figure it's my daughter's child, whatever she wants to do. It's up oh to her. Oh my gosh. I, I think people decision. wish they had a lot of more parents that would say that, you know, <laughs> what they usually say is I spoon fed you and you turned out okay. And, <laughs> and of course that's true. But I do think if you, you know, look at the historically before the advent of commercial baby food, which has only been around since the beginning of the 20th century, you know, parents always just fed babies modified versions of the same foods they ate. Like this isn't really that fancy. It's a generation's old approach to starting solid foods is kind of how I like to think about it. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. If you've been thinking about giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's a convenient, flexible, affordable, and entirely online experience. All you do is just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. I used to think therapy was just for people who have experienced major trauma, but therapy can help you be at your best no matter what you're going through. So whether it's to learn new positive coping skills, set more realistic boundaries, or just show up as a better version of yourself, BetterHelp is here to help. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can help you get there and BetterHelp can help you. Visit BetterHelp.com slash weaning today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash weaning and get 10% off your first month. I wish I had done it with my kids, especially my son. He was very, very picky. I mean, I don't know when he first started eating solid foods, but I suspect it was probably late. Because he would only eat, you know, he didn't like the texture or to chew anything that was chewy. I mean, it was like the only way I could get vegetables in, in him is I would make him scrambled eggs and I'd put baby food in it or, you know, because he wouldn't eat anything. And I'm sure it, if I had done the baby led weaning, he probably would have. I mean, I couldn't believe the stuff that Hannah ate that I thought, oh, she's not going to like this. Okay. Tell me a food that you thought she wouldn't like that she ended up loving. I made pureed spinach with nothing in it. I mean, it did not taste good. I tasted it. She has not rejected one food. She eats everything. She eats, I mean, she has her favorites, but she eats everything. Okay, what's the last baby led weaning food that you gave her that wasn't a puree that you were like, there's no way she's gonna eat this and she did it? The one that I always get lots of comments on is sardines because a lot of adults turn their noses up at sardines, but babies love them. Yeah, we haven't given her sardines, but we've given her different kinds of fish. 
again, you know, we like fish, we eat it a lot, but you know, when you make it for her, it's pretty plain. Yeah. Not all that tasty. I mean, she's eating salmon, she's eating cod, she's had shrimp, which I've ground up and put made like a shrimp patty. She's eaten just about everything. Terry, was there any food that you tried that she didn't like? The only thing she made a face at was when we first, the first time we fed her, and it was cereal. You know, it was a new thing to her, and she didn't want any part of it. But no, I mean, she ate everything. She ate everything. And the funniest thing was the first time she had pineapple, my daughter recorded it. She sent me this recording of Hannah eating a piece of pineapple and then making this funny face. And But the funny thing was she went back for the second piece. And, then, and every time she ate a piece, she made that funny face and that noise, but she just kept eating it. That's <laughs> and now amazing. she likes it just fine. <laughs> That's amazing. So since you've been watching Hannah, you've known her her whole life, all 11 months of it. What do you notice is different about an 11-month-old baby and the way she eats versus, let's say, like at seven months when she'd only been doing this for a month or so with real food? Well, she's much more confident and, and I feel much more comfortable because I don't, I'm not afraid she's going to choke on something. I mean, she just goes at it with both hands and stuffs it into her mouth and she's just fine. fine. I couldn't believe, you know, some of the... Look, it's hard to believe that somebody, she's only just getting her first tooth. It's hard to believe that somebody with no teeth could eat the way that she does. She has no trouble whatsoever. She doesn't choke. She doesn't gag. I mean, she did gag at the beginning a little bit, but she doesn't any much anymore. How did you handle it when she would gag at the beginning? Of course, I, I you know, I get, I'm ready to do the Heimlich maneuver, but then she would, she would be, you know, and I had listened to your podcast, so I knew she was okay, but it is scary. It is scary. Yeah. But you notice she gags less frequently now. Is that correct? Yes. And she didn't gag a lot. You know, it was only occasionally. And the one thing that it was a little more frightening at the beginning because you give them the big pieces when they're little. And, you know, as a grandmother, you're thinking, geez, if she shoves that whole thing into her mouth, you know, she's going to choke on it, you know. But now most of them, she's got a really good pincer grip. So the most part, we break things up and she just eats them, you know, piece by piece. Like I'll give her like a by these little mini bagels. I'll give her like half a bagel and she'll eat it. But when it gets down to the end and it's really gummy. I'll take it from her and I'll break it into pieces because that she would shove into her mouth and I'd be afraid that she would choke on it. Yeah. And it is amazing. You mentioned how much more confident they get, but you also see how much stronger they're getting, stronger at sitting up, stronger at moving the foods, stronger will. They kind of start, the older babies, 10 and 11 months, they really start doing stuff to get your attention, like <laughs> dropping the food on the floor and, and they're so much oh, more yes. interactive. If she doesn't want something, she'll just throw it right back at you. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, this is great. Thank you so much for sharing your experience. I'm so excited to hear. I know so many parents wish they had a grandmother or mother who was on board with it, but we try to share all sorts of different stories because there are grandparents like you that are like, yeah, this is fine. I'm totally okay with it. And a lot of parents are scared to ask the grandparents to do this. And I love to hear your story that it's something that worked out for you guys. I mean, if anything, it's easier. You know, it's easier. You don't have to have all this special food and it's kind of like breastfeeding. You don't need to be making formula or buying formula all the time. It's just right there. <laughs> what would you say about the cost of it? Do you think it's more cost effective than doing traditional spoon feeding? I'm sure it probably is. Yeah. Well, I actually have a whole list of, um, you mentioned Trader Joe's, of baby led weaning foods that I like from Trader Joe's. I'm going to send you that article and we'll have a show notes page for this episode. So I'll put it up there because sometimes foods you don't realize, oh yeah, I guess a baby could eat that. And There'll be two brands that look similar, but one's a better choice for babies because of the salt and the sugar, et cetera. So. And lots of times when I'm cooking food for us, if I make broccoli, then I always take a little aside and keep it for her. If I make asparagus, you know, whatever we're having, we just, in some cases, you're not even, it's not even a lot of extra work. It's you've already made it. 
When you said you're looking at her list there, do you have my hundred first foods list? Is that what you guys are working off of? I do. And actually she surpassed a hundred foods in about, I would say about nine and a half, 10 months. They weren't necessarily all the foods on your list, but there were foods that weren't on your list, you know. That's awesome. So she's gone over a hundred and you guys are still trying new foods. Yeah, I don't I stopped counting, but but yeah, she's over a hundred and she's I'm looking at your she's had every fruit on your list except lime. She just haven't gotten around to getting any. And as for the far as the vegetable goes, I think she's had them all. That's awesome. Did you do beets, Grandma Terry? Oh yeah, we did beets. That was one of the early ones. That's a little messy. I, I'm not a big fan of them. It, I don't do a lot of foods naked, but I'm not going to get a bunch of clothes stained with beets. So We still have to do some of the grains that are not, you know, your normal millet, kamut, but we've done, you know, polenta, potato, quinoa, rice. Quinoa is... <laughs> First time I gave her quinoa, I fed it to her. I, I put something in it, you know, so it would have a little flavor. What a mess. It's a disaster. We'd load the spoon and she'd take it. Half of it would go over her ear. Half of, now when I give her quinoa, I put it in something. I'll make like a quinoa burger. Or, you know. Yep. You learned your lesson. It's a really tough one. That and rice. I go back and forth with which I hate cleaning up more from the floor. Yeah, I, we have to give her a few more beans than we've given her. She's had pretty much all the, she's had beef, chicken, lamb, and now that she has her pincer grasp down, you can do all those canned beans. Just smash them with your thumb to make them flat. But for people listening, if you haven't done, I like kidney beans, for example, if you have done tomato or egg, what I like to do is kind of make the inside of a kidney bean pie, just some onions, some kidney beans, tomato paste, mix it all up, put it in the blender to liquefy it with some tomatoes or canned tomatoes, and then throw like two or three eggs in there. And it makes almost like this little souffle you can put in the muffin tins. It cooks up. And then the baby can pick it up and eat it themselves because, of course, they can't pick those kidney beans up early on. But, you know, once you get egg down, I feel like you can kind of mix it with any of the grains or the other proteins to kind of help make it into something they can that sticks together and they can pick up and eat. I actually made chili with kidney beans and I didn't put any salt or anything in it that she couldn't have. And then, you know, I took some out for her and then I salted ours. We fed it to it with a spoon. That's great. I have a question about the mess. Does the mess stress you out? No, no. Any tips for minimizing the mess? Well, the bibs that have the little uh, pocket help. And I was actually thinking of making something that would go over the, around her so that, you know, stuff that falls through, a lot of stuff falls through on the sides. Yeah. And then there's, of course, when she decides to throw things overboard, you know, I mean, it makes a mess, but it's not that big a deal. <laughs> I love your attitude. We need more of that in the world. I have to laugh because her grandmother, she has another grandmother who does lives out of town. And when she was visiting her, she was watching her eat and, she was getting very upset because you know, she, she wants to do everything herself. And basically, initially, we let her. I mean, if she wanted to eat the yogurt with her hands, let her eat the yogurt. Now, to minimize the mess, if I'm feeding her yogurt, I'll load the spoon. But if she won't, you know, sometimes she like she's very independent and she wants the spoon. Sometimes she wants you to feed it to her. But really, what she wants you to do is give her the bowl so she can get her hands in it and just scoop it up with her hands. <laughs> she did that yesterday. I mean, she had a little upset stomach the day before. She had thrown up. We don't even think it was something she ate. We think she, she just was so upset. You know, she's having trouble sleeping at night. Kathy thinks it's separation anxiety. Oh. So I said, let me just give her something light. So I made her, I still had some baby cereal and I put some of that powdered peanut butter and I chopped up strawberries and, and she just wanted to eat that with her hands. And she, ate, I mean, she had it in her hair. She rubbed it all over her face. <laughs> she was just... But I love that you're laughing about it because she is having like that full sensory experience of learning how to eat and she's enjoying doing it. And it's not a chore for you. I take pictures of her eating and I send it to my daughter. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. You're really inspiring. And I know there's a lot of other parents out there that are like, all right, I'm working towards getting some Grandma Terry in my life with my grandparents situation too. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Grandma Terry. I think it's amazing that you not only help watch Baby Hannah, but you're totally on board with Baby Led Winnie. And then she followed up and sent me all these amazing videos and pictures. I'm going to link to them on the show notes page for this episode, blwpodcast.com forward slash 237. So next up is Grandma Peggy McGrath. I also met her on my Baby Led Weaning for Beginners Workshop. She followed up with a ton of questions. She had like really specific questions like, okay, what about agave syrup? Is that technically a sweetener that babies can or can't have? So I was like, wow, this grandma is really into it. So I answered all her questions and then also was like, could you please come on the podcast and could I interview you? So Grandma Peggy is the grandma to baby Lexi, who just turned seven months old. They're only like one week into baby led weaning. This is when I love to talk to families. Like, give it to me real. How's it going? What foods has she done? She's going to tell us all about their foray into first foods. They're working their way through the 100 first foods list. This is Grandma Peggy McGrath, the grandma of baby Lexi. (laughs) Thanks. I'm excited to talk about it as well. Okay, so... Tell us your grandma story. How many grandkids do you have? What's your, who talked you into baby led weeding also is my other question. (laughs) Okay. So it's really my daughter that's doing the baby led weaning. She has two children, Isabella, who is almost nine, who is very, very picky eater. And Lexi, who is almost seven months and uh, she seems to like everything so far. (laughs) Okay. So you guys are about one week into baby led weaning, as I understand it. How's it going? And be honest, because it's not always like pretty or perfect early on. It's messy. (laughs) Very messy. But the baby's loving it. And who cares about a little bit of mess, right? That's kind of how I feel. But I do understand some parents are like, the mess is a lot and say, okay, listen, Our goal with baby led weaning is not to eliminate the mess, but there's a few things we can do to minimize the mess. So I know you mentioned before that your husband kind of shakes his head at this whole thing. Is it the mess for him or what is it? No, I think he just finds it odd because that wasn't the way that our daughter was was fed and it's not the way that our first granddaughter was fed. So you guys are in Canada and I'm curious to know if you know, how did your daughter become aware of or interested in baby led weaning? Well, her best friend, who's a midwife, uh, has fed her three kids that way. She's very knowledgeable about lots of stuff. And this was one of the things that that she was promoting. Now, whether um, whether that's kind of where it came out of, I'm not 100% sure to tell you the truth. She also does lots of stuff, lots of social media stuff. Too. So I know she's looked up a lot since she was pregnant with Lexi. And yeah, so... That's pretty amazing. I have another friend who is doing baby led weaning with her fourth child. She also had an eight-year gap like your daughter. And she said, gosh, you know, there's so much new gear and so many things have changed. And the thing she was most excited about though was baby led weaning because her older three are very, very selective eaters and she finds it really frustrating. So she said, I'm kind of gonna try this even though it's a little bit different just because we have struggled so much with it. And now her that baby's one and she's like, he's still eating more foods than all the other kids combined. There's certain foods they don't like because she said, I just want to have a bigger repertoire of foods that he will eat. So I think I always admire parents who take a big break between kids because it's hard to get started again. (laughs) Okay, so Peggy, when you started Solid Foods with your daughter, do you remember what you did or like what year was it, if you don't mind sharing? And what was the atmosphere around starting Solid Foods, if you can recall when you guys did that? Okay, so 
Stephanie was born in July 90. And I think at the time, the old fashioned way of feeding, you know, you start with the cereal, then you go to the jarred Gerber baby food and, you know, do the veggies first and then the fruit and not too much of the of pieces of things because they can't chew. <laughs> oh, so you did traditional spoon feeding, like where the parents put the spoon in the baby's mouth. Yeah. And I said that to my daughter this morning because Lexi was having um, yogurt. And I said, you know, it's interesting. I mean, she can get the spoon in her mouth with the yogurt. I mean, my, my daughter loads the spoon, but she can get it in there. And, you know, like I said, it's messy, but it's really amazing that they can do it themselves. So why have we been all these years doing it for them? That's so silly. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. I, I find myself saying that all the time is if you really think about it, like prior to the invention of commercial baby food in the earlier part of the 20th century, like, what do you think parents fed their babies? It's always been modified versions of the same foods the rest of us eat. And uh, I love that the baby led weaning spoon, the tiny spoon from Easy Peasy was developed by their speech language pathologist. And she's a feeding expert. And she's, you know, always talking about you know, babies can learn to eat off of a spoon at six months of age. And it's not really till you do it, then you realize like, oh yeah, they can totally do this. And they can do so many more things than we give them credit for. And babies can eat so many more foods than we give them credit for. But I feel you on the yogurt because that's always like the messiest one for me to clean up. <laughs> I always overlap yogurt day with bath day so that we, because uh, the cleanup can be a little bit brutal. So I want to go back to when we first connected, you had taken my, I think, baby led weaning for beginners workshop and we were emailing and I just get blown away by you're this grandmother fully committed to this idea of baby led weaning or uh, you never know what that's how it seemed on email. Were you always on board with the idea of baby led weaning for Lexi? Because I don't know a lot of grandparents who are, but I want to hear your story. If, you know, just when your daughter introduced it to you, what were your thoughts or your reactions? I think at first I thought it was a bit odd because I was wondering, like, how is she going to be able to, first of all, I didn't even know what it was. So I, I wasn't, when my daughter kind of explained it, it's like, okay, well, sounds interesting. And, and that's kind of why I took your course, because I wanted to find out more about it. Like, if I'm going to be on board with something, I need to find out about it. So taking your course was the first step. And I was reading over my notes the other day that I took while I was doing the course. And, and it's like, oh. Well, this, that's interesting. Yeah, I forgot about that. Because <laughs> they do change pretty quickly. Like what happens in the first few days is a little bit different than what happens in the next few weeks. And then, you know, as you move into phase two, the second eight weeks, it all kind of changes. So I think sometimes people just lump babies together, but there's a lot of little micro changes happening and, and we can change the offerings of the foods to match that. Now, I know you guys just started, but can you tell me like off the top of your head, you mentioned yogurt, but what other foods has Lexi tried? Uh, yogurt, zucchini, chicken, green beans, cucumber, strawberry, eggs, avocado, arrowroot cookie, and toast with mascarpone cheese. All right. So I see three allergens in there, wheat, milk, and egg. That's awesome. How did you guys do the egg? Do you know? She started to scramble it. And then it's like, oh, <laughs> I wasn't here when she did the egg. It was on the weekend. And she started to do it. And then she kind of realized she was supposed to cut it in strips and she should have been making kind of an omelet. And But she did end up, getting it into some chunks that Lexi was able to hold on to. So it, it did work out okay. Lots came back out because she got some big chunks. But yeah, she seemed to like it. She's pretty much liked everything, except my daughter said the the banana the other day wasn't all that much of a hit. It's pretty rare for a baby not to like a banana, I have to say. That's one you don't hear about that often. But 
Also, the cool thing about babies is they haven't developed preferences yet. So we can continue to offer it a bunch of times and you never know. Yeah, they might might gravitate towards it. Exactly. But don't give up after that first trial. We know from research, you know, there's different references out there, but it can take babies somewhere between 10 to 15 times before they like or accept a particular food. So hang in there with the banana. What about the chicken? I bet a lot of families are surprised to hear that in her first week of solid foods, Lexi ate chicken. How was that prepared? Well, we were having pork chops, everybody else, and her mom doesn't like pork chops. So her father made her um, chicken for herself. He barbecued it and she just, um, Stephanie just took um, some of the inside parts because he put barbecue sauce and the whole bit on it. She just took some of the inside parts without the sauce and she just gobbled it right up. Besides baby led weaning, what other type of podcasts do you like to listen to? Well, if you're into true crime and you also dig traveling, I want to tell you about a new podcast you are going to love. The new podcast is called Slaycation, and it's a darkly humorous look at murders and mysterious deaths that all take place on vacation. So the show is hosted by a true crime fanatic and her comedy writer husband, and he has a TV producing partner. So Slaycation brings a totally unique perspective to chilling, thrilling, what the heck stories of vacations gone horribly wrong from the twisted tale of Harold and Tony Henthorne, whose romantic anniversary in the Rocky Mountains ended with one of them falling off a cliff, to Angelica and Vincent, their two recently engaged lovebirds, whose Hudson Valley kayaking adventure ended up underwater. Every episode of Slaycation will have you asking, accident or murder? But it's not just the stories that will intrigue you. I think you're going to love the discussion between the longtime married couple and the business partners. They also happen to be an Emmy-nominated TV producer's Every episode of Slaycation also includes humor and takeaway and travel tips that are going to keep your next family vacation from becoming your last. So if you're ready to pack your body bags, Slaycation is available on all major podcast platforms. Search for Slaycation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's wonderful. And if you guys are doing chicken, the darker cuts of meat we always go for because they're fattier and fat equates to moisture, right? It lubricates the protein of the meat makes it easier for the baby to swallow. So do those fatty pieces like the legs, the wings, the thighs, and, you know, a little bit of barbecue sauce here and there, not the end of the world. Babies don't have to eat bland food, but it's so cool that you could kind of just incorporate foods that the family was already eating. Not everything right off the bat, but even from the beginning, there are a few foods. Hey, we were making this, so we had this and we did this to it so the baby could eat it. That's so cool. Okay, Peggy, do you have any friends that are also grandmothers who are doing solid foods with their babies? Do you know anyone else doing baby led weaning? Are you kind of like isolated there doing this? My niece did. So Stephanie's cousin, he turned a year in January, end of January. So he has been doing it for quite some time. And I mean, it's so funny because his his one grandmother can't really tolerate the mess. (laughs) And even the father of the baby can't really tolerate the mess either, which is quite funny. Well, I always say there's other ways they can help raise the child. Yeah. Yeah. They always want to wipe them off. And it's like, no, like, just leave them. But yeah, I remember him with the yogurt all over his face and stuff. Yeah, it was really cute. But I know. uh, Yeah. So she's the other one. I've never talked to her about it, really. But yeah, she's the only other one that I know. Well, that's wonderful. And I love talking to people who are just starting because you're enthusiastic about it, but you're still like in the thick of it. So is there anything you are hesitant about or has your kind of heart skipped a beat for any particular reason as you guys have just made this transition with Lexi? Well, I'm a bit concerned about the choking part. Okay. 
well, not a bit concerned. I'm concerned about the choking part. And this morning as she was having her toast and cheese, she was gagging a little bit. And I'm thinking, well, I don't know. But like her, her mom was right there and we were both right there watching her. So it was okay. And she managed to get out the big chunks that she was kind of gagging on. So it was okay. So I don't know what I'm going to do when she really um, gets something in a big chunk. But <laughs> Well, the kind of marvelous thing about this whole approach is that because we wait till they're six months of age or older and sitting on their own, we're offering soft solid strips of food that the baby is self-pacing, they have the ability to recover from a gag on their own. So you said, I don't know what I'm going to do, but the answer is you don't have to do anything. I said, sit on your hands if you have to. We say, you know, don't intervene, don't lunge at the baby, don't startle the baby because, you know, if you do do that, it causes them to, they lean back, they suck air in. And when you suck air in, you could potentially be taking that harmless gag and it could actually cause it to become a harmful choke. So we just leave them alone during the gag. I know it's hard to watch, but it's so inspiring when they go right back to eating, right? They gag on a huge piece yeah. and you're like freaking out inside and they're like, no big deal. I'm just going to pick it right piece. back up. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And that's how they very quickly get past that gagging. Now, there will be some gagging that will continue to happen and some babies have like trigger foods. Like, oh, I know one of our babies always gagged on cantaloupe. Didn't matter how soft it was, even past age one. So there will be some challenging foods, but that's not a sign that the baby can't eat it. They just need a little bit more practice with it. Okay, I want to ask you now about tips for other families because there are a lot of people listening who are like, that is so cool that Stephanie's mom is on board with this and not every family is. So if you're, let's say Stephanie had a friend, theoretically, and she wanted to do baby led weaning, but her mom was not as open to it. Any tips for parents as far as talking to their parents or in-laws or caregivers who might be resistant to the idea of baby led weaning? Well, I think they have to see it to believe it because- even though I did the course and I mean, I saw some of the little videos of the kids eating and stuff like that to actually see Lexi be excited about the food and be trying to eat it. And it's just really cool. Like, it's like, why have we been doing this for so long the old way? And when this is so much better, this, I would argue this is the old way though. Don't you think? I mean, this is, Oh yes, probably it is. Yes. So this is just the old, we just call it something. Yes. <laughs> I was saying the old way was as what we did, but um, yeah. Okay, but even what? my granddaughter, I mean, she did the same, or Stephanie did the same thing with her, like the the cereal, the the fruit, the veggies in the jar, the meat in the jar. This is the older child. This is Lexi's this is older the eight-year-old. Yeah, okay. the one that's so picky now. And then she also gave her, I know they used to come in the great big jars, the... Uh, like the mixed things like mac and cheese in there and beef stew and that sort of stuff. She used to give her that sort of stuff. Oh yeah. They called it like the different stages ones and they were just a bigger jar. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was convenient for her because she wasn't feeding her what they were eating, but this is so much better to feed them what you're eating. <laughs> and one thing that might be interesting is with Isabella is the older sister. Is that correct? Yes. So Isabella, what we see sometimes now eight is a little bit older than a lot of babies have, you know, maybe two or three year old siblings, but it's not to say that there's not some principles here that would apply, but that we know that children, when they're engaged in preparing foods, are much more inclined to eat them themselves. And so as you guys are working through the 100 First Foods with Lexi, if there's any way Isabella can be involved in helping to prepare them or explaining what they are, I mean, sometimes for competitive kids, we challenge them to try what the baby's also trying. It's just another way to get them more engaged in mealtime as well. It doesn't work for every kid and it's not going to, you know, quote unquote, undo her picky eating, but it might increase her opportunities to try new foods 
because she sees the baby doing it and is a part of that. So I don't know how feasible it is to get Isabella involved in the food prep for some of these foods, but an eight-year-old, if she can make most of the foods on the 100 First Foods list. Yeah, she's quite enthusiastic about this whole feeding Lexi now. And her mother did tell her that everything Lexi tries, she has to try too. Now, I'm not sure how long that's going to last. <laughs> But, you know, and she's not always here because she's at school, right? So she's not always here when her mother's giving Lexi certain things. But hopefully she'll be into more things soon because it's a real pain in the neck to be making a separate dinner for her. And I think that is kind of one of the key issues with baby led weaning is parents. It's one of the few things that appeals to second time parents because, you know, a first time parent, they kind of buy anything, buy into anything. And by the time they have a second baby, they're like, I know the gig's up, like, Babies don't need a bunch of stuff. They don't need a lot of gear. There's a few things they need. But a lot of times these parents are like, I am dealing with picky eating with the older child and I would be willing to try something different. So what you describe as Stephanie's situation is pretty typical that parents kind of fall into baby led weaning with their second baby because they're looking for something to help curb the picky eating that they might be dealing with. Because yeah, no one has time to be cooking different meals for different family members for 17 and a half years. (laughs) Yes, hopefully she'll grow up with that soon. Yes. Or we'll, well just start making her make her own food. <laughs> exactly. Well, she, I think you're gonna nice. You're lucky that you have a helper in the kitchen. And I just wanted to say thank you for sharing your story with our audience because so many families have grandparents who are involved in caregiving, which is wonderful. And having them be on board with baby led weaning certainly makes it a lot easier for certain parents. And then for those who aren't, I just love to hear your story. And I think what you say is so true that seeing really is believing. So I would encourage parents, if you don't have a grandparent on board or who you, you know, I say yet, and you want to get them in that position, is that you as the primary feeder or caregiver, get comfortable with a few foods that your baby can eat and then invite other people in to observe. And they will be amazed by what the baby can do. I mean, we're talking about this on the podcast. Talking about it is one thing, but seeing it really is another thing. Yeah. And doing courses like you were offering, like that really helped me understand it better to see how it could work. And then to actually see it in person is like, oh, that is really cool. Well, wonderful. (laughs) Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure speaking with you. It was fun. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you guys for listening. I'm going to do more grandma episodes. That's for sure. I got to get some grandpas. They're always the ones. They're a little bit harder to convert, but I know that they're out there. If you have a grandfather who likes baby led weaning or it even still hates it, we could do that episode too. Um, I'd love to chat with them. But thank you again to Terry and to Peggy for coming on and sharing your experience. I know some parents might be like, oh, that is so not my mom or my mother-in-law. I actually interviewed my own mom on the podcast. I forgot about that. I did it for Mother's Day like two years ago because my mom didn't like baby led weaning at the beginning either. And she's like, I literally can't believe like now that you even have an entire career teaching parents how to do this. But I'm like, mom, for you know, a lot of parents, there is a lot of anxiety surrounding the introduction of solid foods. I want to bring the evidence and the science to show them the safe ways to do this. But if it makes you feel any better, my own mom did not like baby led weaning and she eventually came around and did end up liking it. So we've got a lot of mom specific interviews on the podcast, but if you want to listen, in fact, it's episode, it's called interviewing my mom, how she didn't like BLW at first and why she changed. And that was a bonus episode we did in May of 2021 for Mother's Day. Um, I'll link to that on the show notes page for this episode, uh, blwpodcast.com forward slash 237. And then I also will link to that free workshop where I met both Grandma Terry and Grandma Peggy. That's baby led weaning for beginners. 
that sign up page, babyledweening.co, or it'll be all over the show notes at blwpodcast.com. So thanks for listening and big shout out to all the grandparents who are getting on board with baby led weaning. I hope it makes your life easier. I love hearing from the parents who are like, oh, now my mom or my mother-in-law is bragging about the baby eating. And I know it's not always smooth sailing at first. So wishing you a lot of luck as you make this transition to solid foods with your baby or your grandbaby. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 